0: New lyrics there for a minute we appreciate you um, at this time we invite you to pass the piece to those around you and greet one another good morning
1: Thank you for your patience today as it's Pastor Nicole's first Sunday as you all know and so we've had to kind of be flexible with our timing this morning which I told her I said it's okay if you preach long we want to hear you so uh, welcome to our contemporary worship service I am Pastor Jill and today is a very special day where we welcome our new lead pastor Nicole who will be here with us in just a little while she's uh, still greeting people upstairs but in the meantime I want to make sure that you know about a few happenings that are coming up in our church family in the coming weeks. First of all, you will get a chance to meet and greet with Pastor Nicole if you go to our church website. Make sure to click on the day and time that works best for you, and those will be smaller groups where you'll get a chance to get to know Pastor Nicole, and she can get to know you. You can ask her questions. And keep in mind that if you are hosting one of those, she loves a good hamburger, okay? So take note if you are hosting one of those, that would be her go-to. Alright, speaking of hamburgers, we are having a cookout and karaoke out at Teeter Farm on Saturday, August 27th from 5 to 8 p.m. And this is going to be a really fun, family-friendly event for our community and our church. And I'm hearing that there will be even themed karaoke, like mom and dad karaoke, or 70s, or 80s. Or even you can pay, you can donate a dollar and have someone, or you can volunteer someone to sing a karaoke song, okay? So if you're waiting for the perfect opportunity to maybe embarrass someone that you love, there's your chance, all right? We're gonna also have inflatables, face painting, caricatures, a lot of really fun happenings that night. So make sure to mark your calendar for that event on the 27th at Teeter. And of course, we also have our farm to table dinner that's coming up on September the 9th. This is a phenomenal way you can support the farm and have a great meal. Tickets are on sale at their website, teetorganicfarm.com. We also had someone selling them uh, upstairs. I'm not sure if they're going to be sticking around for our worship service right now. But make sure to get your tickets. Also, if you're part of a company or a business that might want to sponsor a table and give above and beyond, I know they would really appreciate that support. So mark your calendar for the 9th of September and make sure to get your tickets because they probably will sell out. So make sure to get those. And of course, as always, make sure to visit our website, click on that Next Steps graphic for any and of all of the happenings here at Noblesville First. We'll have a chance here in a little bit for you to drop your connection card in the basket up front, so take note of what's on there. You might see something that you might want to know more about or get involved with. And if you are visiting for the first time today, we do welcome you. We ask that you would please let us give you a gift and greet you, either find myself or Bonnie in the back or Pastor Nicole. We love to get to know you better. And now as we prepare and continue our worship service, let's take a look at our stewardship video which features our farm-to-table meal.
2: It's time once again for the annual Teeter Farm-to-Table Fundraiser Dinner. This year we'll meet at 6 o'clock on September 9th at Purgatory Golf Club. And together and food and a discussion about this community that we're all building together. This year's menu has been created by Chef Sean and offers three options, including a vegetarian, teeter, bell pepper, and tomato ricotta primavera. We hope that you'll join us this year as Russ provides the personality as our MC, and Purgatory provides the environment and the beautiful setting for us. We'll provide the vegetables and you bring the fellowship. If you're interested in sponsoring a table at this year's Farm to Table, we still have a few available and you can reach out to us through our website or by calling 317-318-3169. Go to teeterorganicfarm.com to get your tickets for this year's Farm to Table dinner or visit us in the office at Noblesville First United Methodist to pick up a paper copy and pay by check. (laughs) <laughs> they sold out the last few years, right? She, absolutely. Don't wait around. She's so great. Like Anita it's says, don't so wait so around. These okay. tickets are going to sell out. Her down Please I make your move today that, to join us on September 9th at Purgatory Golf Club for our annual fundraiser dinner.
1: And now we're going to have members from our church council come forward and introduce Nicole, who we're going to go get from upstairs because her fans are greeting her. Here she is. All right. We're going to, we're going to officially welcome and introduce her. And she'll be with us in just a little bit.
3: hugging this is round three for jerry so he's going to actually give the sermon uh for this service but thank you so much it's for about that. climbing the mountain that's right he's he's already got it i look forward to sharing in that message with you after pastor Jill leads us in prayer let's pray together
1: We're going to take a moment and spend some time in prayer before we hear from Pastor Nicole and give her a chance to breathe for a few moments before she gives us the message this morning. So I invite you into a time of silent prayer, and then we'll do a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that this morning you would fall afresh upon us. As we enter into this new season and this new journey together, we ask that you would bless our time with Pastor Nicole. We ask that you would bless her family and her ministry here. And we ask that our hearts will remain open to the gifts and graces that she will bring to us. We give thanks for the journey that we have already been on. We look forward to to the many ways we will connect and share in Christ together. Lord, today we come from so many different walks of life, and so we simply take a moment to lift up those that weigh on our hearts today. Lord, we lift up those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. We pray for the Decker family and for the Beer family, who in our congregation has lost loved ones as recent as this past week. Lord, we ask that you would surround them with your grace and healing. We lift up those who are undergoing treatment or facing surgery for those who are facing illness. We lift up those in our community who are seeking next steps, perhaps new employment or new ways of life, or they are facing a new season themselves. We pray for those who are hungry. We pray that we may be those who help feed the hungry. We pray for our community, our nation, and our world. Lord, send your healing spirit upon places that are hurting, people who are suffering, and that we may continue to be the hands and feet of Christ right here in this world, in this place. Lord, today we will hear about mountains and mountaintops and the ways that we can be mountaintops for others as well as we create mountaintops that we stand on and shout your good news. So as we hear this message this morning, open our hearts to the ways that we might go out into the world to be your disciples, not just through our words but through our actions, the ways that we love, the ways that we share hope hope in a world that is so in need to hear that, that good news that you are love, and we are loved by you. In this we ask and so much more in the name of Jesus, who teaches us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
3: As I come uh, this morning, I'm reminded of my childhood pastor, Reverend Creer, who pastored Henderson Memorial United Methodist Church where I grew up. And every single time, I'm talking every Sunday, 52 weeks a year, he would get up and start with the same thing. He would say, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Now let me put this in context. We did not have air conditioning in the church. And so I really could not believe that he believed that God was that good all of the time. But I have seen it this week through the people of Noblesville First. You have been so gracious and welcoming and loving towards me and not just me, but my entire family. You have rolled out the red carpet or the beige carpet that's now new in my office. Thank you for that. And for making us feel already that we are part of this faith family. Speaking of faith family, I want to thank Jerry and our SPRC and all of our leaders who have been a part of that welcome. But I especially want to thank Pastor Jill. Pastor Jill had the unique task of having one uh, pastor retire in June and another pastor say, yeah, I'll be there in August. And she has had to stand in gaps and lead, and she has done that phenomenally. So I ask that you just join me in recognizing her ministry among us and how she has made such an impact in Noblesville First over the last several weeks. Now, as we turn our attention to the word this morning, we typically share in our unison prayer as we begin. And hopefully you have that with you, with you and you can say it with me as we prepare to hear God's word together. Let's begin in unison. O Lord, speak to us again through the teaching of Scripture. Challenge us and comfort us with the presence of your Holy Spirit so that we are assured of your love and inspired to follow Jesus, your living word. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah. We're going to hang out at chapter 40 and zero in on verse 9. And this is what it says there from the New International Version. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, hear. Is your God? This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to preach this morning on the theme, "Where is your mountain? Where is your mountain?" Well, Noblesville, first, this is it. Today is my very first Sunday, and what I hope will be many, many many more Sundays to come. And as I was preparing for this moment, I reached out to one of my mentors in ministry, and he gave me some sage wisdom. He said, Nicole, pastoring is a lot like marriage. When you get there, you are going to fall in love with the people. They are going to fall in love with you. But then as the days turn to weeks, and the weeks turn to months, the honeymoon will be over. They will discover your quirks, your idiosyncrasies, and you will discover their quirks and idiosyncrasies. And you'll move from a honeymoon to a ministry marriage. I thanked him for this wisdom, but I thought, yeah, I want to skip past the honeymoon. I thought, why not just offer those idiosyncrasies and quirks right out the gate that you would spend the next several months discovering anyway? So, here goes. And please, don't all get up and leave at once when I say this, I do not like football. I know, I know, I know this is, this is Indiana and you bleed blue and white and when, when you're not rooting for the Colts, you're rooting for IU uh, or Purdue or Ball State, but I just don't get it. I just don't understand why two, three, and 400-pound men are chasing each other around on a field trying to catch an inflated rubber ball. I just don't get it. And, and I may not understand what's happening in the game, but I want to assure you that I will still come to your tailgates and your Super Bowl parties. Because I may not understand plays, but I do understand platters. Go Colts. <laughs> Here's the second thing that I want to share with you just so we can put it all out in the open. I am a coffee-aholic. In fact, I am literally, Pastor Jill, two different people. Pastor Nicole with coffee and Pastor Nicole without coffee. Pastor Nicole with coffee is, is loving, kind, long-suffering, like Jesus. <laughs> Pastor Nicole without coffee, she needs Jesus and the angels and a straitjacket because she is absolutely insane. That's why I have a coffee maker in my kitchen. I have a coffee maker in my office. I even have a coffee maker next to my bed in my bedroom because I'm trying to keep you safe and this is the marriage and not the honeymoon. Now the final idiosyncrasy that I'll share is that I love to sing. And and don't get excited, I didn't say I sing well, I just said I love to sing. The challenge is is that when I sing, I sing the same song over and over to the great irritation of anybody who is within earshot of me. And the one that I am currently singing on repeat is Go Tell It on the Mountain. You know the one. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I first learned this song in the children's choir at Henderson Memorial United Methodist Church in Detroit where I grew up, and there, I had this very serious choir master, Dr. Alvin Bell, who told us that to sing in church was to stand in for the angels of God. Not God, God. And if we were incapable of representing the heavenly host, then we need to go sit with our mothers. Now intent on being an eight year old angelic representative, I was committed to learning go tell it on the mountain. I memorized the words, I moved when he told us to move, I clapped when he told us to clap. But then, at our final rehearsal, Dr. Bell peered down his gold rimmed glasses and said, we are done practicing, now get ready to tell it on the mountain. Fired up by this message and and wanting to share my newfound Christian zeal, I stepped out of the big red doors of the church. I drew a deep breath and I shouted from the top of my lungs, Jesus Christ is born. I expected a raucous amen or at least a burst of applause, but all I got was Dr. Bell pulling me back inside and yelling, that's not what I meant. I share this embarrassing story today because I think whether you are five or 75, the question still remains. What does it mean? How should we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it something that we literally shout from the top of mountains? Or is it something else entirely? To better understand this, we have to go back several thousand years to the book of Isaiah. And in the 40th chapter is the scripture on which this song is based. The scripture says in verse 9, go up on a high mountain. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Now when the people heard this message of proclamation, they were far from mountain climbing heralds. They were an exiled people, a scattered and broken community who felt literally and spiritually distant from God. They'd been driven out of Jerusalem by foreign powers. Their temple had been destroyed and now they were facing the consequences of their own sin. And at first glance, These do not look like people that are ready to proclaim the presence of God. Yet that's perhaps the first lesson that we learn. Proclamation doesn't start with our belief in God, but God's belief in us. We see a broken community, but God sees messengers. We see a stubborn and unrepentant group of sinners, but God sees sees evangelists we see people who failed god over and over and over again but god sees proclaimers and my brothers and sisters god's vision has not changed god sees our mistakes our failures our sins and our missteps and through it all god still sees our possibility god still sees a people are called to share a message of hope, not because they are worthy, but because they are worth it to God. This idea is best explained in an interview I once heard between a pastor I admire and a reporter. This pastor had grown his congregation to thousands of members. They'd gone from one service to four services, and every Sunday, if you did not arrive 30 minutes in advance, you would be standing in the overflow room. Through its growth, this ministry had launched an after-school program. They had expanded to a soup kitchen and even global missions. And amazed by what this pastor had done with a church that had been dying, the reporter asked this question, How do you do it? How do you preach such dynamic messages that speak to thousands? Before the pastor could respond, The reporter suggested that maybe it was because he was the son and grandson of a preacher, that maybe it was because he had graduated top in his class from Duke and then Harvard. It was this lineage or this education. That's what made him such an incredible proclaimer of the gospel. But then the preacher paused, and after several seconds of silence, He said, it's really a lot more simple than that. I am a sinner who God will not give up on. So I can't give up telling other people about this God. And I'll never forget hearing that interview because without it, I still may have become a preacher. But I would never have become a proclaimer. I wouldn't have become one that recognizes that sharing the presence of God with others is not based on our unwavering belief, but in God's unwavering belief in us. And because God believes in us so much, God calls all of us to be proclaimers. When we read this verse and we sing this song, there's not a particular subset of the community that are responsible for proclamation. The song doesn't say, go tell it on the mountain. Pastors, preachers, and deacons, part-time, full-time, and retired people are expected to tell it on the mountain. Millennials, boomers, and Gen Xers are expected to tell it on the mountain. Democrats, Republicans, and independents are expected to tell it on the mountain. Purdue, IU, and Ball State football fans are expected to tell it on the mountain. Everybody is expected to share with others the goodness, the promise, and the assurance of the presence of God. And yet, we don't. According to a 2018 survey by the Barna Group, over 96% of Christians believe that sharing their faith is commanded by God. But only 23% report ever doing it. In other words, the overwhelming majority of us believe it with our heads, but haven't lived it with our actions. Perhaps it's because proclamation flies in the face of everything that we've been taught about faith. For many of us, faith is something private. Faith is something that's, that's personal. We, we don't shout it from mountaintops. There are places for people who do, and the jackets are restrictive, and the stays are not voluntary. Instead, we focus our faith on a personal relationship with God and our own personal salvation. There's just one problem with that kind of faith. It couldn't be further from the truth of scripture. The truth is, proclamation is not private. It's public. Proclamation is not personal. It's communal. That's why the prophet calls the people to a mountaintop. Because in the ancient Near East, mountaintops were megaphones. They were places of mass communication where heralds would shout out messages that reverberated in the valley below. And I know what you're thinking, that was necessary way back then, but now we're here in the flat land of the modern Midwest, we don't shout from mountaintops, we don't even have any mountaintops. But you see, you don't have to be on a mountain to share the good news. Mountains spring up whenever, And wherever we speak words of faith and hope into the lives of others. And thousands of years ago, this may have been a literal mountaintop. But today, the mountaintop is in your office. The mountaintop is at your gym. The mountaintop is in line at the grocery store. The mountaintop is in your classroom. The mountaintop is on the golf course. The mountaintop is on Zoom. The mountaintop is any place where people need to hear the message of God's presence and where you and you and you have been divinely placed to tell it. Now I speak of these mountains because I've seen one for myself. When I was a sophomore in high school, my older sister Natasha suddenly died. And after her funeral, I returned to school with a faith that had also been buried with her. Sure, I went to class, I played lacrosse, I was still active on student government, but the light of my faith had been consumed by the darkness of grief. And some people commented on my steely outside exterior, the strength that they saw in me, But someone else saw through the facade to the brokenness underneath. An administrator at my school had heard what had happened. And I'm not sure how, but she got my cell phone number. And she started to send text messages. The first message she texted said, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds psalm 147 verse 3 i texted back in all caps who is this when she replied dean adams i subsequently deleted her message no matter she just kept sending them every day every morning Around 7 a.m. for the rest of the academic year, seven months in total, I would receive a scripture, some good news from her. And sometimes I read them. Sometimes I ignored them. Sometimes I wanted to throw my phone against the wall. And other times I found myself waiting to see what she would say next. And somehow, without me realizing it, right there in the middle of my dorm room, a mountain began to rise. With every word, with every message, with every scripture that she shared, a mountain of restored faith began to form. Until eventually, I could step out without feeling like I was sinking. I could walk on the foundation of faith that she would not stop proclaiming to me and when I look back now many years later I'm not even sure where she is today but I know that I am here my faith is here because she was willing to tell it on the mountaintop she was willing to risk my rejection My total lack of response, and to keep proclaiming good news until the faith that she shared became mine. And my brothers and sisters, that story is not just my own. Most of us are here today because somebody, somewhere along the way, was willing to go to the mountain and share the good news with us, to speak a word of hope into our lives, to write us a letter, to send us a message or just invite us to church. And yet, sharing faith, that's only half the battle. Sometimes the even greater challenge is finding good news to share in the first place. After all, where do we find good news in the world that we live in today? Where's the good news in a pandemic that is still not over? Where's the good news in record inflation and sky-high gas prices? Where's the good news in children training for active shooter drills between classes? Where's the good news in churches that are shrinking and denominations that are splitting? In a world like this, it would seem that there is simply no good news to share. And it's looked like this before. In 2009, Second Helpings, one of the largest food and security advocacy organizations in our state heard some bad news. Right here in Hamilton County, one of the richest counties in Indiana, a disturbing trend was on the rise. 14,000 people were living in poverty, and over 30,000 did not have reliable access to food. Now some people heard this bad news and decided to do nothing. But not you, not Noblesville first. You partnered with Second Helpings and you began dinners on us. A free, no strings attached, weekly meal that for 13 years and counting fills the gap that so many seniors and low income families have in feeding themselves and their children. You know that story. But you may not know this one. You see, today is the marriage and not the honeymoon, so I will admit that I was curious about this church after I had been appointed. I, I wondered what happened inside this place, and so occasionally, maybe, I don't know, 15 times, occasionally I would drive by and into the parking lot and just see what was happening. And on one Thursday... I ran into a woman who was coming out of dinners on us. She told me how much she loved this ministry, what an impact it had made in her life and in her family, but what I will never forget is the last thing that she said to me. She said, this is one of those places where you not only get a good meal, but where you hear the good news. And right there, in the middle of the parking lot, a mountaintop began to rise because this stranger was willing to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And I wonder, I wonder today, where is your mountain? Where is that place where you will boldly share the good news of our Savior? I wonder whose life, whose family, whose faith will be fed because you told it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. I wonder. I wonder. Don't you? Let us pray. Holy and loving God, Thank you for the mountaintop of Noblesville United Methodist Church. For this place and this people and how it proclaims to a broken world the good news of your son Jesus. Now take us and send us out into the mountaintops of our community that we may be your messengers to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: As I reflect upon Pastor Nicole's sermon this morning, I'm reminded that when we meet at the table for communion, which we do every week in this service, this is A sort of mountaintop a mountaintop experience for us but also a chance to proclaim the good news to come to this table this mountaintop and then go out into the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else so we remember the night that Jesus gave himself up for us he took something as ordinary as bread He gave thanks to God, he blessed it, and then he broke it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, Take and eat, for this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He also took the cup. He gave thanks to God, he blessed it, and then he passed it to his friends. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon each of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, that on partaking it, we come forward and we are spiritually renewed and restored so that we may leave this place ready to proclaim the good news, ready to find our mountaintop, ready to proclaim that we have experienced you and your presence and the grace and mercy that you give to us. So prepare our hearts in this moment to come to the table, to meet you, to fellowship with one another, and to prepare ourselves to go forth and share. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remind you that our table is an open table. You don't have to be a member of this or any congregation to come forward. We just ask that you come forward with an open heart today to receive these gifts that are given so freely to each of us. You may put your connection card in the basket here, as well as any offering you may have this morning. And then we invite you, as you feel led, to spend some time in prayer at the railing, or to light a candle for someone that you know, someone that you're praying for, yourself, or a situation. This is your moment, your time with God. So the table is open. I invite you to come forward as you feel led, and let's experience Holy Communion together. Come.
3: Prepared to leave this place we sing that song professing that our eyes are on God but let's remember that God's eyes are also on us God sees us God knows our stories God knows the things that we haven't done well God knows the things that we would not dare tell anybody else but God wants to use you anyway God sees you as a proclaimer as someone who is worthy of telling someone else about Jesus. And so I challenge you and invite you today, not only to say I do to this marriage ministry that we are embarking on, but also to say I do to God's invitation to tell it on the mountain. Find somebody this week at work, at school, online, or even through a text message. Remind them that there is a God who loves them and who calls them by name. Find your mountaintop. Let's rise together as we receive our benediction, that we might leave this place knowing that God is with us, that God will meet us on the mountain, and that we have been called to share the good news. And all God's people said, Amen. Bug spray, that was from earlier. I don't wear bug spray perfume, just so you know. I was preaching at the farm.